I'm the first to the party, please do not get the boy started Step back and drop 50 like Harden, insistent I need no assistance I make my own shots, you can't stop me, there's no way to guard him Except that you won't catch me flopping, you bring up a topic I'm catching the ball, never dropping, we covering every option Don't matter if we talking basketball, football or boxing We gon' acknowledge it, skip all the politics Honest opinions on top of that polish With no need to push an agenda, unlike the pretenders Who forcing your face who they riding with We gon' talk real facts, Hey, noise you can kill that We the ones bringing the skill back, No, you can feel that No, you been waiting on someone to bring you the real back Party time, party time, excellent Turn it up, we turn to hoofs Never late, don't mistake us for no other bullshit shows Cause we the one Party time, party time, excellent Turn it up, we turn this up Never late, don't mistake us for these other shit shows Cause we the one, oh yeah Breeze, what it do, baby? First of the party, what's happening? What it do, first of the party nation. Episode eight, let's get into it, man. The podcast that say things that ESPN can't. Let's get it, my baby. What we got on the docket for today? So currently right now, man, we got a WNBA, football, uh, a little bit of the boxing. Uh, man, we just got a nice definitely, definitely going to be NFL heavy. Everybody know that's what's the hot takes right now, man. So we got to give y'all our opinion on what's going on in the sports world. All right, we all know that, you know what I'm saying, the NFL preseason just started up. So everybody's so hype and anxious. You know, all the all the fantasy football uh, so-called experts is uh, heavily watching these uh, preseason games. What you right. keep your eye on, Breeze? Man, uh, I, I had definitely – during the preseason, man, I, I seen – uh, I seen my Ravens go crazy that first drive uh, when they, uh, with the Baltimore played against, I believe it was Jacksonville. Lamar Jackson went off, and he looking good, man. He definitely going to be a workhorse quarterback. I know that's like a crazy term. It's a new terminology, workhorse, man. He definitely going to be running the ball heavy. The Lions, they didn't look good against the Pats, um, but I'm still actually optimistic. A lot of people already been texting me and tweeting me, talking about how I'm crazy I am believing in these Lions this year, but I, I think we're going to be all right. It was just the first, you know, first little preseason game, you know. So, and I've just been trying to check everybody game out, to be honest with you, what you've been looking at. Man, to be fair, man, about the Lions, man, you know, we played with a lot of players that wasn't playing. Uh, I, I really found a lot of positives from it. You know what I'm saying? We played the game without Galladay, without Marvin Jones, no Amendola, no Carrion Johnson. Uh, the tight ends and staff only played one series. You know what I'm saying? So, it was basically – it was basically looking at players and not, and not as a team unit. We're not going to look at that until the uh, dress rehearsal. Uh, on the defense, some of the same shit, you know, it's on the defense where um, we didn't have um, uh, you, you set up there or you didn't have snacks or Sean Hand or Slay Play, but you didn't have, you know, Diggs or Sean Milton, things like that. But what the, the takeaways I've seen from Ty Johnson, the running back, we, uh, we grabbed from Maryland, I think, in the sixth round. He showed a good vision and speed, you know what I'm saying? So I like that. Um, Amani Aurier, he gave up a touchdown the fifth round to take from uh, uh, 
Penn State, the corner, give up a touchdown. He just turned the wrong way. Other than that play, he was in every play. He was he was in position on that play. He just turned the wrong way. But um, other than that, I've seen a lot of positives. Still, I survive the second round uh, pick that everybody was upset about. You know, everybody was saying that he um, basically um, was a reach. We, we could have got him later in the draft. He looks like he could be the Darius Leonard of this draft. Uh, he only played a, a series, and I think he had like two or three tackles. So, um, dog was dog was very productive, and I was happy with what I saw. Uh, I did see your Browns, uh, and the, the offense do look a lot different. And Lamar Jackson was putting the ball on the money, so uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, they, I, won, they won 29-0. I watched the first series of Carolina when they played against Chicago. And, and and Cam, you know, Cam's shoulder, I don't really know really what to say about that. I'm not for sure the extent of his actual injury. But what I will say is this, is that Cam really need to ball out this year. Uh, that defense is going to be the day best player. Uh, that entire defense, that especially that front line that they built, they defense should put Carolina in a couple positions to win some games. But Cam has to return to form. Um, Christian McCaffrey is an excellent weapon. Now, mind you, I don't really agree with AGMs never putting really any true number one receivers around Cam, which is a problem. But Cam needs to elevate his game. He needs to elevate everybody around him. That's what quarterbacks do. But that first preseason game against Chicago, they did look good. They did look good. Um, I like what I've seen uh, from Daniel Jones, quarterback from the Giants. Uh, another, another player. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 the motherfucker been getting a lot, a lot of flack this offseason. Uh, everybody's saying that they reached for him. Uh, dog went five for five, got in the end zone. I mean, a lot of people said it was by design uh, to have Eli run the ball on third and eight, shit like that, and then have him go crazy. But whatever – Dog made some plays. Yes, it was the first. It was the first preseason game. It was only played one drive. He was supposed to play more, but they had a weather delay. But he yeah. uh, looked good. I mean, he didn't go out there and and, and and shit himself. He went out there and made some plays, made some good throws, uh, good reads. They were, a lot, they were fast reads and fast, uh, fast, fast reads and fast motions. But um, I liked it. I like what he did. And my biggest thing is where we at right now in a preseason, you don't want to get too up. You don't want to get too down. You kind of just want to take it for what it is. It really, really week one is kind of where you want to start to hang your hat on information, uh, to be completely honest. Um, but at the same time, we are fans. We going to look at stuff from an analytical point of view. Some of us are. And you're going to be, you're going to begin to try to like either panic or you're going to feel some sort of certain type of way. Now, I understand that it's preseason. I am expecting our lines to come out next week, excuse me, this upcoming week, and and perform better. That's just what I'm looking for. But if you're that coach or Matt Patricia, whether it's preseason or not, you never want to uh, take losses lightly. You want to instill a winning culture. And winning means I'm winning every day, every rep, every practice, every game. Um, so even if it's preseason, you still want to go out there and preach the importance to these guys about winning, and I do think the Lions will turn it around and at least have a better showing this upcoming week here. What about you? Uh, uh, like I said, man, they missed a lot of players. Uh, they held a lot of shit out. You don't want to give away what your team is in the preseason anyway. You know what I'm saying? Right. So that's another thing you got to watch out for. And us here in Detroit, we already know. We, we've been the um, 
preseason champions before and went on 16. So he can't look too much into, oh, you look good in preseason or you look bad. It's a certain way you got to look bad, and then it's a certain way you got to look good. Um, now, if you had a, your, start, your starters out there, you're starting defense, you're starting uh, offense out there, and you could generate points or a good drive, and number one, get killed, then, yeah, I would say, okay, yeah, this I'm looking bad. I'm looking bad. But, you know, you you go out there and you got Ty Johnson at tailback and 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 Tom Savage who who's been hurt or whatever, and and now you're looking at the team and you say, oh man, the Lions in trouble. You know, Tom Savage was quarterback. Uh, Fails was your quarterback. Uh, speaking of quarterbacks, the Lions signed Josh Johnson, uh, quarterback. Um, some people might know who he is. Uh, the um, black scrambling quarterback. Uh, Basically, Washington was playing spoiler or trying to get in the playoffs a couple of years ago or something like that, and he learned the offense off of playing Madden and spoiled the Titans' playoff hopes. Uh, so uh, they brought him in. He fits the offense as far as what uh, Bevel's doing, you know what I'm saying, with a scrum quarterback and things of that nature. Uh, Got to be better than what we had Tom Savage, so I'm excited about that. Trey, Flowers. Trey Flowers off the pup list. Uh, so he'll be he'll be uh, practicing this week with um, uh, Mike uh, Daniels. So we just waiting on Snacks Harrison to get off the uh, nine NF, uh, the NFL inactive list, or they just get him into some shape or whatever because you know he was doing a holdout. So Slayback, um, Trey Flowers, and now you got uh, now you got um, uh, Mike Daniels. So the Lions getting getting there. They're getting to that full strength now. Yeah, and my my biggest thing is, and I want to stress this too to the first nation, to the first first of the party nation is listen, please, please don't be so negative, don't be so down on the Lions. You do have every right to be looking at the history. This is a new team, this is a new generation, this is a new era of Lions. We got to give them some time. You know what I'm saying? I understand that that's very difficult. Talking about being patient for us, super difficult. My thing is, I challenge you as a football um, fan, as a Detroit Lions fan, if you are one. I challenge you right now to actually get us team time. Don't judge them on preseason one, two, or three. Don't even judge them. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't say the first two weeks. Allow that first quarter of the year to go by. The football is broken down into quarters, four quarters. So my thing is this, and I'm not talking about four quarters in a football time. I'm talking about four quarters in the NFL season in one year. It's it's it's, it's broken down into quarters. The first four weeks is quarter quarter one. Let the Lions look at them then, and then we can make these different claims. And, and, and you know, if they're not performing well, then we can, you know, talk about them how we need to in a, in a correct fashion. It's way too early to be doing any type of judgment for any team, not just the Lions, but any team right now. So Injuries happen. A lot of players get cut, traded. Uh, you've seen teams, even in the first four weeks, you've seen teams like the Colts started off 1-5 or 1-4 and four last year, and they made the playoffs. So did the Texans, you know what I'm saying? Teams go on the runs, you know, and they get their players healthy and they go on the runs, you know what I'm saying? It's like basketball, it's a game of runs. So, um, you know, just be a little patient with the Lions. Uh, and like I said, it's preseason, and it was a lot of players was out, you know what I'm saying? So just be excited, man. What's up with Ezekiel Elliott, dog? What's up with Zeke, dog, in this holdout? Man, man, Zeke out there in Mexico uh, eating tacos. Man, uh, eating man, man you know what, though? Him, him and Jerry Jones is not on the same page right now. Uh, they actually – the Cowboys actually accused their uh, – uh, excuse me, not Dak, but Zeke of a cover-up. Uh, the guy, this guy named Ronnie Hill attempted to sue the Cowboys and Ezekiel Elliott 
uh, for twenty million dollars in a car crash cover up that happened in uh Las Vegas. Uh, so it's it's a lot going on with Zeke. It's, it's a lot of negative headlines. Le'Veon Bell came out and said he supported him. He think that uh, Zeke should do exactly what he did and sit out for a whole year. So, I mean, it's been a lot of different storylines going down there in Dallas. And, uh, I mean, but it's always like that in Dallas. They always got something storyline. They they started, they started try to stay relevant as possible. And I think what Jerry Jones is doing is Jerry Jones is actually – Making, in my opinion, Ezekiel look like the bad guy in the media. If you look at what Jerry Jones is doing, he's going in front of the every day. He's in front of the cameras, basically saying bullshit like we don't need a you know a top rusher to win an NFL championship and you know shit like that. So, I mean, um, right now the Cowboys is gaining the most leverage from it uh, off Bills. You know what I'm saying? Zeke got two years left on his contract. Every offseason, Zeke is in the news from doing some dumb shit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Cooper got some leverage. Dak Prescott got some leverage. Both of those players got leverage. The, the Cowboys team looked different. They went on a run when they got Amari Cooper. Um, without Dak Prescott, they don't have a chance to shit. You know what I'm saying? They're doing anything. Uh, before Zeke, Marion Barber rushed crazy. DeMarco Murray rushed crazy. And then yesterday in their preseason game, uh, the young, the young boys ran crazy. Um, that offensive line is the strength. Don't take anything away from Zeke. Zeke is an amazing talent, and nobody's rushed for the most as many yards as he has since he's been in the league. But you sometimes you have to clean the shit up, man. You can't give them any reason not to pay you. You can't exactly. and be out there doing dumb shit in the offseason because we don't give you this money, and then your ass gets suspended because you're doing this shit without the money. Imagine when your ass get the money. So you gotta you gotta be careful with the situation. Um, I, I I want Zeke to get paid because I know the running back position is so fucked up. They touch the ball more than anybody. They take the most punishment out of anybody. So I want Zeke to get paid, but I don't know where the Cowboys coming from. You know what I'm saying? And you know Jerry likes to throw the money. Jerry will pay a motherfucker in a heartbeat. You know what I'm saying? Jerry Jerry will throw that money. You know what I'm saying? So. Just think you look at the situation where you got Jalen Smith coming up, you got Byron Jones coming up, you got Tyron uh Tyron Smith, you know what I'm saying? You gotta pay you gotta pay Mari, you gotta pay Dad. So you gotta take care of, you know, you gotta be able if you're gonna lose one, as crazy as it might sound, you might have to lose you might have to lose Z. You know what I think is this too, like you just said, just to piggyback off what you said and make it very clear how I feel about it, you can't do stupid ass shit to expect to get paid. My thing is, you cannot you you give you not helping your case at all, Zeke. If you listen, not doubt it, but you 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 can't you not helping your case, my brother, by doing the silly shit that you do in the off season. Whether it was a cover up or whatever like that, my thing is, why are you in the news for anything outside of football? Why are you even in the news? It's your off season. You should be taking it easy, getting your body back together, getting your mind back together, spending time with grounded people, but not you. You you got to do something silly as hell to stay in trouble. And Every my thing year. is, bro, when, you, when you're a million-dollar athlete, my thing is, bro, stay out of the way. Think about how many athletes that they never got in trouble off the field. A lot of people don't understand this. T.O. was always into it with the media, but T.O. never got in trouble off the field while he was playing. You didn't hear about T.O. doing no crazy-ass shit off the field. It was always antics on the field. So my biggest thing is you got you to gotta do this. You got to be better. And another person I want to talk about that has like that's been going through some bullshit lately too, but it's not 
not like Zeke bullshit. It's, it's more health reasons. Is it AJ Green, a superstar wide receiver who just simply cannot stay healthy? It's like he can't get out of his own way. He got carted off the field. The team said that he will. Uh, the, the team said that he will be missing some games with a fractured bone in his foot. So um, I mean, his, it's his ankle. I'm sorry, it's his ankle. So I'm like, I don't know what the hell going on. And then John Ross has been a, 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 a disappointment since he got to the team. One trick pony. Um, he just all fast fly routes. His development has been poor at best. So the Cincinnati Bengals, man, it's like they're running out of receivers already, and the season ain't even started. It's it's a bad it's a bad bad situation over there in uh, Cincinnati. The situation that happened in uh, with AJ Green this offseason, they went to uh, a college in uh, Ohio. I forget which college it was, and they were basically trying to reach out. Because they they're in competition with the Cleveland Browns, we're getting the whole city, the you know the whole state of Ohio for fans. So they basically try to go into a different uh, uh, market and try to gain more fans, and they're doing their training camp there. And um, you heard uh, Tyler Boyd come out and say that it was horrible. The field conditions were horrible. So uh, you go with that. You hear that the field conditions are horrible, and then AJ Green get hurt. So now it's like, God damn, you know what I'm saying? They got to get out their own way. <laughs> Tyler Eifert got hurt a couple years ago. And he ain't been able to get back healthy since. Uh, Jonah Williams, uh, the the first round pick for this year, got hurt and um and and off season, and he ain't been able to get back yet. Now you got the uh, Billy Price, the first round pick from last year. You know the offensive lineman, he got hurt. You know what I'm saying? It's like. Damn, where do you go? How do you how do you get out of your way? You know what I'm saying? They, they really getting bit by the injury bug out there, man. It's, and up, and it's just it's crazy. John Ross last year, uh, hamstring injuries was keeping them off the field. It's just a lot of shit that's keeping these guys down, man. And uh, I kind of feel bad for him, especially Zach Taylor, the new head coach over there, who was uh, a disciple of uh, McVay over there with the Rams. He's trying to bring some creativeness to the offense. Uh, they looked pretty good yesterday in the preseason game. Dalton looked good or whatever. Hopefully they can protect Dalton, open up holes for Joe Mixon. Yeah. Hopefully A.J. Green come back 100% this year. Hopefully um, John Ross, you know what I'm saying? Hopefully that shit, uh, hopefully these guys come in there and they and they turn it around because they got some talent. They just got to stay healthy. They just got to stay healthy. And then we got to look over down to Atlanta, and 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 that division. It's funny, but about that division, one person has made a big splash. So everybody know that Michael Thomas got paid, got paid a hundred million dollars. So my thing is, where does that leave Atlanta when it comes to Julio's contract? Who 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 has been very professional about it because he wants a new contract too, but he actually showed up to camp, and he and he's been being Julio by the way. So. Um, that I think that right there, because the market shifts so much with Michael Thomas getting $100 million, Atlanta now has to make a move with Julio. And I Arthur, think they better pay him. Arthur Blank, the owner of the uh, Falcons, you know, him and Julio basically got a handshake agreement. Like, they basically – they've been having these agreements uh, throughout Julio's career. And, and to Arthur Blank's uh, credit – He's been honoring those uh, agreements. So um, they basically know that they got to pay Julio $105 million probably or somewhere you know around that number. And that's just the way the market goes. It resets with the next player. 
So uh, yeah. Julio deserves it. Um, the Atlanta Falcons this offseason, I went and tried to rebuild that offensive line so that they can get um, get some uh, production out of Matt Ryan and some of the weapons in Ridley and Sanu and uh, Devontae Freeman. So uh, I think that they understand that they got to get uh, Julio done. I think they understand that they got to get – uh, get it done ASAP. So um, I expect to see them uh, get it done. And then we got to talk about uh, Jordan Howard, man, uh, the running back for Philly. Um, they say he having an amazing camp right now. He basically running away with that starting uh, running back position over there. And I'm not going to say the Prince out of surprise. I like Jordan Howard when he was at Chicago. So it's kind of like it's not a big surprise to me. But it, the, the, the surprise is that, like, how they're – I don't know if they just pushing the press on him too much or but every time you check in on the Eagles, his name is coming up and it's always good. Like this guy balling out. So I'm I mean, I hey, fantasy owners, you hear it here first, you might want to look into Jordan Howard. He might be in for a pretty big year this year. Man, Jordan Howard was the steal of the free agency. <laughs> to me, that motherfucker was the steal of free agency. Man. I don't know why Chicago wanted to get rid of him. I get they said Tariq Cohen is explosive. He reminds them of Tyreek Hill. He's going to be the Tyreek Hill in Chicago. He's going to be – they're going to be the Midwest Chiefs. But the difference is Tyreek Hill is playing wide right receiver primarily. Tariq Cohen is playing running back. Jordan Howard, ever since he's been with Chicago, has ran the ball hard, strong. Every year, he been, he's been productive. Now I understand that they want to get the ball to Tyreek to Cohen a lot more, but you gotta have a, a thunder and lightning type build. Montgomery, and they got rid of Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard couldn't have went to a better situation. That offensive line in Philadelphia is fucking crazy. That offensive line in Philadelphia is nuts. You got you're running behind all pros and Lane Johnson, Brooks, Kelsey. Uh, you, you're running behind some all pros over there in 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 uh, Philly. They may have the best offensive line in football, and you're playing with an explosive offense with Carson Wentz, Zach Ertz, Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson. He's going to score points. He's going to get a lot of points in fantasy. He's going to have a big year, and I right. think it was a big mistake for Chicago to let him go. Uh, they now the pressure's on players like David Montgomery, but man. I'm not surprised to hear nothing out of Philly. I don't think it's being fabricated. I think he's running behind that offensive line, and he's going yeah, looking amazing. And it's crazy because Philly and Dallas in the same division, and they both got probably two of the best offensive lines in the NFL right now. Um, I'm thinking, if, if I'm not mistaken, they probably they might they might be top two. Uh, I mean, I might be missing some teams in here that maybe run heavy, but as far as talent goes, it's some big names across those two. Uh, offensive line, so it's gonna be interesting to see who gonna win the trenches when them two meet up in the season. They're gonna meet up twice, of course. So it's gonna be that's gonna be interesting to see uh, who gonna well, dominate. Uh, Philly builds their team through the trenches on both sides of the ball. You know, you gotta look right. at what they doing defense too. You know, I mean, Dallas got Demarcus Lawrence, but when you got Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox on on you know on your defensive side, they gonna wreak havoc. They gonna be in there. They gonna make plays, and and they gonna be very very tough to beat on both ends of the ball. So the, it, I, I think it was a big mistake for Chicago, especially in, in to trade him to a, a team in your division. You know what I'm saying? The NFC is, NFC is fucking nuts. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and then 
Chicago go out to play them. You know what I'm saying? So Chicago go out to play them uh, and, 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 and make that happen. So Philly, I, I expect Philly to go crazy. And then there have been some interesting reports out there, too. When I looked over at Carolina's situation, uh, just to talk touch on the Panthers again, uh, they've, been having, they've been really big. They camp story been a lot about Curtis Samuel. They saying he's having a big camp for the, for the Panthers, and then he's continuing to shine. So, I mean, that's really good because, once again, like I just said earlier, Cam Newton does need an actual receiver. Like, he actually needs, like, a number one threat for once in his career. Um, I think the last receiver that he had was, what, Steve Smith, an uh, older Steve Smith. So yeah. that get get that guy get Cam some weapons. Another thing too in Carolina, they also were saying that uh, North North Turner came out and said he's actually going to dial back the number of snaps that McCaffrey going to play. He said he, but he going to get more touches while he's in. And I felt like that's an interesting. I don't know. That's kind of like playing with fire because I know that running backs is almost like a rhythm type of position. You want to get in rhythm. You don't want to keep getting snatched out of the game. But they trying to make sure that they taking care of the one primary weapon outside of Cam Newton that they have. But you got a guy that had just shy of 2,000 total yards last year. He had 1,100 rushing yards, 867 passing yards. That's just shy of 2,000. And you telling me that this guy going to be less snaps? I don't know, man. I don't know how smart that is. But Norv is respected. He's a genius when it comes to that type of thing. So we, we'll see how that's going to play out. Um, To go off what you said about the Carolina Panthers, they got a receiver over there that's – they're number one, who's going to be the number one and who's been the number one. And that's DJ Moore. DJ Moore been playing pretty good uh, for the Panthers last year. I think he was a rookie last year. And he had a, uh, he had a, he had a solid season. Uh, Curtis Samuel was somebody that they've always had high hopes for. They had high hopes for him when he, uh, when they drafted him and Christian McCaffrey at the same time. You remember he went to Ohio state, very electric, very fast, uh, uh raw receiver. You got to remember, they they're they they're trying to put a lot of speed out there around Cam. So you're gonna have to back off and then let Cam run. Um they drafted Elijah Holyfield from Georgia to run back there with um uh, Christian McCaffrey. And I think it's smart. You gotta look at what how this how this game is being played with uh what the Saints doing with Kamara. They've always had another running back over there with them to uh to make plays, you know what I'm saying, to take the punishment off of him. You know what I'm saying? He's going to play a lot. He's going to get a lot of punishment. You know what I'm saying? So if you scale back on his carries with Ingram and now they have uh, Latavius Murray, you know what I'm saying, that's going to make some plays. That's going to that's gonna save Kamara for his longevity. Um, the guy that I've been hearing a lot out, out of and had a monster preseason game yesterday was your boy from Florida State, Brian Burns. Um, yeah. He had two sacks in the preseason game. I know you a Florida State head. For sure. And like I said, I said it earlier. Yeah, I said it earlier in our episode. I'm not for sure what episode it was, but you guys can go back and, like, you know, kind of check it out. During the um, Panthers, uh, when we did the uh, NFC South grades, I told everybody to look out for Brian Burns. I got a guy, one of my, one of my close friends, he's a big Carolina Panther fan. And he really didn't know too much about Brian Burns. And he was just looking at how Florida State season went. And he was, like, kind of acclimating that to Brian Burns. I told him, the reason why Florida State had a horrible year didn't have anything to do with Mr. Burns. And that's right. I call him Mr. Burns because he played like a grown man. He's freaky athletic. And I told people he was going to be special coming out of the, uh, coming out of, uh, the draft. And so far, 
you know, I've been right. Like, he's still got a lot more to prove, but like I said, just look out for that guy. With that Carolina defense over there, and he's learning from some dominant guys. That defensive line is crazy over there. And like I said, uh, Burns, you got uh, – um, um, they just got the guy from Tampa Bay, Jerry McCoy. I mean, they looking good on the defensive line. So, they got they talent. Kawhi Short. Kawhi Short. Most uh, definitely. Um, so, uh, keep looking good. Their defense is going to be good for sure. Can't forget about Big Luke Keekly. So, uh, like I like you said, man, that, that team over there defensively, it looks stout. So, um, what's what's up with this Melvin Gordon shit, man? What, hold on, let's, let's let's try this. Let's try this. We got Melvin Gordon. We got Ezekiel Elliott, uh-huh. Trent Williams, who wants yeah. out. We get he he going through his holdouts. You got Trent Williams, Ezekiel Elliott, Melvin Gordon. Right. Say, for instance, these guys, these three get traded. Where can you see them getting traded to? Where will be the like the spot that you want them to get traded to? And where do you think they'll be the best fit for them? Honestly, I hate I hate the Cowboys. So, Zeke going anywhere outside of the Cowboys and maybe anywhere that's not in uh, the Lions division, I'd be happy. As long as he don't go somewhere to the Lions division – uh, as long as he don't stay with the Cowboys, I don't give a shit. Where's he go? I'm very happy. Melvin Gordon is going back to the Chargers. Either that or he's going to be paying their ass a lot of money. So he's going to have to take that little $10 million. Unfortunately, I like Melvin Gordon, man. I really wish his situation was better. And then Big Trent Williams, man, anybody can use Big Trent, man. I mean, uh, shit, who really need a left tackle? I get Miami. Shit, they need they need help down there, but I'm pretty sure he don't want to go down there. Um and they just fired their uh, offensive line coach, so that's probably won't be the best place for Trent to actually go. Um, so, I mean, I don't know, man. Like I said, I think Melvin Gordon going back. I'm pretty sure Trent gonna get traded somewhere. I don't know really where he could fit the best. I would. I mean, it's just simple to say whoever need help on the offensive line. And like I said, Ezekiel, as long as he don't get traded into the NFC North division with our Lions, I'm great. <laughs> I'm happy. So I don't want to see his ass two times a year. I'm good. Um. I'm going to start with Melvin Gordon. Um, the Chargers got the a leverage in that situation because last two, three years, he's missed four to five games in every season. So uh, I think they're smart on what they're doing. Um, mm-hmm. But I think a deal does get done, both teams. I think it's smart to just go ahead and, and make those deals for both teams. Uh, I think if I'm – I like the Colts. I think if the Colts was to go out there and trade for Melvin Gordon, or Ezekiel Elliott, that would put them over the top. That would make them the favorite out the AFC. They got a. They got. When you talk about offensive lines, yes, earlier, the offensive lines from Dallas and Philly, the Colts' offensive line is right there with them, right there, neck and neck. So, um, I would love to see uh, the Colts go out there and make a move for either one of them guys, uh, the Chiefs as well. Yeah, the Chiefs need a running back. And I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you this too. I feel like Melvin Gordon would fit better with the Colts than Ezekiel would, but I do feel like Zeke would fit better with the Chiefs. Reason why I say that, because Melvin Gordon reminds me of a a a poor man's Marshall Falk, how he's able to catch out the backfield. He's shifty. I mean, he's a very versatile back. The Chiefs and Pat Mahomes, they need a big year from Damian Williams. And it's already been starting off shaky. He just got injured with a hamstring injury, and they just moved a six-pith Draymond Smith from corner to running back. 
So if anybody needs a running back, it's for sure the Chiefs. Like they they need him. So the, you saying that he going to Zeke, Zeke going to the Chiefs would be a perfect fit. But this this is the thing though. With the Chiefs, how much are you going to have to give up for Zeke? Because it's going to be a trade. It's not going to be like a free agent. Like he just going to pick that destination. It got to yeah. be a trade. So what are yeah, you awesome. what are you willing to give up for, for Zeke? You know. All of them is going to be a trade. And I think that if you're the Chiefs, you have to – you're in a situation where you had a, a tumultuous uh, offseason with uh, Tyreek Hill. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of hard for you to go out there and say, I'm going to bring in another player that's got a little baggage outside of football and, and Ezekiel Elliott. But you have to look at what you have at quarterback and that tight end and Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. Both of those guys are squeaky clean off the field. Patrick Mahomes is the reigning MVP. Right. You have to go out there and you have to right the wrong. So with those two, with that being said, Melvin Gordon may be the best option coming out of there because he reminds you of Kareem Hunt, the way he catches the ball out the backfield. True. And he can run between the tackles. So those – But let me I, ask you a question. Let me ask you a question really quickly, though. When it comes to that, let's say it, Melvin Gordon, we, we both – okay, so you feel like Melvin Gordon would be the best pick. Talent-wise, I feel like Zeke would be the best pick. But my thing is this, though. I want to ask you a question. You're Andy Reid. You're a gen- you're an offensive genius. And the last couple of years, you've been so close to getting where you need to be, right? You just can't get over the hump. You, you had a battle with the Patriots, right? My mm-hmm. thing is this. Do you bring in baggage for talent? Do you trade the locker room consistency for talent? We've seen – what talent does on the field and what it does to the to the locker room. Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, Odell Beckham. We've seen what it what it can what type of rift it can cause, but we also seen the type of dynamic home run capability that it has on the field. So if you're Andy Reid, Fudge, what do you do? Man, I think Andy Reid's window is closing. I think his window is closing on that's rough. In the championship, he's always had these good teams to where they are um, a piece or a play away. You know, look at what he was with the Eagles. You know, and they were always a play away. We got to the Super Bowl. We got all the talent. They got this. They got that. Now you come in here, and now you have uh, the Chiefs last year, and they they were there. They got the sack. They got the interception, and then they got D four was offsides. He has the game plan. He has all that to get it done. Yep. Now you gotta, you got, you gotta go all in. If I'm Andy Reid. I'm like, if I don't go all in right now, I'm not gonna get it. I'm not gonna get the fucking ring. Where he should go at, um, either either Melvin Gordon or Cole Houston, the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans got Jadavion Clowney, who's he said he'll report after week three. But defensively, you need that help. You just lost Justin Houston. You lost D4. You brought in Frank Clark. But you lost two players for one. You brought in Tyron in the secondary. But you got to get some pressure on the quarterback, too. You got to get some more talent in there and go all in for the championship. That's what the Chiefs got to do right now. They got an MVP in Mahomes. They got Watkins. They got Kelsey. As of right now, dog is not suspended. They got Tyreek Hill. Um Damian Williams is the hole. They need a running back. They need so if one bad, bro. <laughs> so I think what it is is they got to go with – they have to go with um, – I think they got to go with um, Melvin Gordon. And if you're going to go in that, that area, then you got to trade for a, a second-round pick, second-round pick, or a third-round pick, and that'll get the deal done. 
And see, my thing is this too. It should be an easy deal to get done if you listen to what the Chargers are saying and what Phillip Rivers kind of went out and did, which I really didn't care for. I understand Phillip Rivers is his job as a leader of his team to uplift who was actually there, but you don't put out my mans like that. You don't basically try to give him a compliment and stab him at the back at the same time by basically saying that he loves Gordon and he wished that Gordon was there, but he feels like the running backs that are there are capable. So if you feel like that, if the Chargers feel like Melvin is not that big of a of a deal, then th- 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 it should be an easy move to make, in my opinion. And I agree with you. The, the Chiefs is one of the teams that need to go out there and get that. Uh, go out there and try to get that deal done. Um, like I said, that just needs to be something that actually happened. Um, Andy Reid, Andy yeah, he needed. <laughs> he need them pieces, man, especially on defense, though. Yeah, man. Andy Reid, you know, offensively always get close and he always do his thing when it comes to uh, offensively and make, drawing up shit. But I think that he got to go out there and make a move ASAP. And his move right now, I think, is probably Jadavion Clowney or Melvin Gordon. Uh, Trent Williams, we were just talking about um, the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals need a, a, a tackle. Uh, I can see him going over there and solidifying that offensive line and um, making it happen there. Um, other teams I'm looking at that can use them, the Chiefs, <laughs> they, they can use some offensive line help. But you got, you know, Trent Williams is arguably the best left tackle in football. You see yeah. him, Tyron Smith, on the, the Browns can use them. You know what I'm saying? That just <laughs> – Fuck everything up in AFC. Yes, the Browns was the girl. He got that um, type of attitude that could be beneficial for them too. Uh, yes, sir. <laughs> uh, but you know what? We can we we gotta talk about. We got unfortunately we gotta talk about this AB situation, man, with these fucking helmets um, and his temper tantrums. I want to touch on something too that I read. Um, and I, I kind of believe it as well. I was reading the other day on a couple different sports sites. A lot of people feel like that Antonio Brown has some type of like mental illness now since the hit from Dante's birthday in 2016, uh, Monday Night Football. And the reason why is because he's been having a lot of emotional outbursts since that incident. Now, if you look at AB previous to that, he was just like a flamboyant type of receiver, but he really wasn't nothing negative. He got his dances on. Everybody loved him. But now this AB, since that hit has been something totally different, it's like he's taking a darker path. I mean, everything about him seems to be very petty. The problem that he had with Juju Smith-Schuster, you don't really have – you should never have a problem with that guy, Juju. He's a good kid. He looked up to you, you know, and, and, and you wanted to, you know, try to embarrass him. He never had any negative words or anything towards you. You wanted to make it a problem. Now you want to beef with the NFL over the helmet saying you can't see out your peripheral. Well, we haven't heard one quarterback – one quarterback complained about the new helmet yet that they couldn't see. And that's their day. If anybody needs to use peripheral vision, needs to be able to see the entire field. We all know that it's the quarterback. So I don't know really what's going on with A.B., man, but he needs to really get his act together, man. I know A.B. in the right spot. You want to you wanna have some bullshit go to Oakland? <laughs> or Dallas. Or off to this motherfucker here. I don't know what the fuck wrong with him. If it was the hit for perfect, well... <laughs> that motherfucker damaged goods. 
that I don't know what the fuck wrong with. Him. I don't know, but it's, it's weird, man. Like I, I, I'm a, I'm a big AB fan, by the way. You know, uh, I love AB. You know, I, I've been, I've been watching him, man. I watched him give my Wolverines a problem in college, man. He played for Central Michigan. They came to the big house and they lost, but man, he showed out. Like that guy was. I've been a fan since then. So to watch him go through this, what he's going through right now, man, it's just kind of like disappointing as a fan. I feel like you letting us down because at first you wasn't a diva receiver. You wasn't having these antics like Odell, oh, oh, excuse me, Odell and Dez and T.O., but now you're falling right in line with, with all those diva receivers. And it's kind of like I didn't really see that coming from him. Um, it's, it's just weird, man. And then he got the problem with the foot. It was just some hard knocks about his foot. He's saying that he can't go 100%. He got extreme frostbite. And last time I checked, extreme frostbite, people be losing ligaments, fingers, toes, when that type of thing happened. So, yeah, man, it's just, man, it's just a whirlwind. And now he's not on him. He's not been practicing. John Gruden and then was basically trying to get in contact with them. Uh, he didn't did some bullshit. Like, he didn't went and had uh, a different doctor, outside doctor, look at it. He didn't contact the uh, Oakland Raiders. They said they still haven't contact, had any contact with them. I don't know. What's wrong with this guy, man? <laughs> man, I, I, I had A.B.'s back with the Ben Roethlisberger situation in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. I had his back 100%. Um, I understood where he was coming from. I, I've never been a fan of Ben Roethlisberger. And the way he conducted himself as a leader was a problem. I still have his back in that situation. Mm-hmm. But this year right here, you got to remember in that interview he had right before the trade, he said he doesn't need football. He wants football. Everything's paid off, things of that nature. Dog right now is sinking the shit. He can't do this shit right here. This is a major distraction. Oakland has a lot of young players over there, a lot of young players. They have a quarterback that they don't even believe in, Derek Carr, which I think is crazy. I think Derek Carr is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He was an MVP candidate just two years ago. Or Is my timer right, two years ago? He was an MVP candidate, and then they traded away all his weapons. He right. got hurt, you know what I'm saying? That's that's where he was. That's where he is now. Now they're saying that they don't really don't believe him. They almost took Kyler Murray. Then you go out there and trade for a guy like Antonio Brown. The Raiders are in the John Gruden experiment. They're going in the wrong direction. And if I'm Derek Carr, I'm waiting. I'm hoping that I get traded. I hope yeah, I get up out of I hope I'm getting the fuck on. You just the only thing about Derek Carr is just kind of like, please, it's certain places you just don't want to go. Like, get me the fuck out of Oakland, but just don't send me to no damn Miami either. Yeah, <laughs> like, don't send me to no motherfucking Cincinnati or no shit like that. You know what I'm saying? I'd rather be in Miami than, than Oakland. I mean, oh, Miami has weapons. They got Albert Wilson. They got Devontae Parker. They got, you know what I'm saying, Kenny Steels. They have the weapons there offensively. They got, uh, they got the weapons. It's just that. They don't have the offensive line right now. The defense has some holes, you know what I'm saying? So they, but they just got Josh Rosen, so they're not about to look for no quarterback. But this but. is the thing, though, I, and I'm glad that you brought that up. It's already been, it's already. If you look at the Miami, uh, the sporting, the sporting uh, line with Miami, if you go on their website and you do your research, they already been saying Fitzpatrick gonna be the starting quarterback. He is by far winning that job over Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen has not been producing in Miami. Like I, the more the years go on with with Josh Rosen, the more bad I look by saying I feel like he was the best quarterback in that draft. He makes me look bad, worse and worse week by week. Uh, by, by by the way he's performing, he's just not getting the job done. They said Fitz Magic will be the starting quarterback on week one, barring some type of injury or some foolery. 
I think what Miami doing is they trying to treat him like a rookie quarterback. And you see they're going to put Fitzpatrick in there first. And when Fitzpatrick fuck up, then they go throw Rosen in there, which is a smart thing to do. Because Arizona fucked Josh Rosen up, and they fucked him up. You know what I'm saying? You have to restart his shit now and get him and, and train him to be the, 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 the future of your franchise, which he is. So what they're going to do is they're going to get Fitzpatrick one or two or three weeks. And when Fitzpatrick don't get the job done, and they're going to go to Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen had a really good preseason game. Josh Rosen made some good throws. You know what I'm saying? They got to keep getting the ball out of his hands uh, quick. And then they'll be good. They got the nice run game. They got the wet as far as uh, they got the Dwayne Allen at tight end. They got uh, Jaseki. They got some pieces over there. They just got to put it all together. And I think Josh, I think Josh Rosen would be smooth. But back, back to the Raiders, man. A.B., if I'm John Gruden, I'll probably just cut costs. You know what I'm saying? But I think they already gave him a, a new contract when they yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know if I just cut him and just go a, a different direction. But you got this training camp. It's only been a week of training camp. You got these yeah. young guys in there right now. You might have to just say, hey, man, you want a different direction. This is just not working. But they're looking at the situation like if we do have Antonio Brown. What our roster would look like with Tyrell Williams, uh, the young kid uh, Josh Jacobs from uh, Alabama, and Derek Carr. You know what I'm saying? So, but see, the thing about it is, though, you gotta have, you gotta be confident in your in your in your skills as a coach. Think about if this was the Patriots. This was this was this was separates the Patriots organization from other organizations. They not having that shit with AB. They would have cut ABS already. You out of here. You out of here. We ain't doing hard knocks. We not doing hard knocks. And we gonna cut AB because he ain't fitting. Belichick not having shit to disturb his 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 his, uh, his locker room. And my thing is this: you can't just say, "Oh, because he a four time winning quarterback, he got to start somewhere." He's always been like that. It's gonna be team first. He did it with Ocho. He did it. You know, he's done it before. Exactly. He said, he said these knuckleheads in his locker room, and when they got there, he straightened them out. Yeah, Moss. He had Ocho, you know what I'm saying? Ocho didn't have any issues when he was annoying. He barely seen the field, but he didn't have any issues off the field. Moss was clean. Moss rebuilt his legacy in New England. So, uh, yeah, man, I think. But John Gruden is a bowling uh, coach. So, he, 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 he thinks he's ahead of the curve. He thinks he got it. We'll see. I don't know what's going to happen with this meet that AV got with the uh, NFL. They're supposed to be meeting about the helmet, things of that nature. Finally, that's how I say, hey, man, go ahead and use me more, you know. That's what's yeah. going to make you happy. And, and that's a distraction, man. Like, that's that's a distraction. Yeah, you, that is. You go, you're supposed to be in training camp. You ain't even reached out to the Oakland Raiders, but you got enough time to have a meeting about a helmet at the NFL headquarters. I, I can't take AB serious right now, man. I, 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 I like him. I'm a, I'm a fan of AB, man. Like, like I said, he was one of my favorite receivers. Um, and, he, and he still is. But I can't get behind the bullshit antics that he's on right now. I can't. And I can't sit up here on our podcast and lie and be like, oh, it's okay. I'm not okay with that shit, man. It's distractions. You want bullshit. And the Raiders don't need that, bro. They don't. But I want to know. They are. Because you, cause you get, think about it. You're getting ready to move to Vegas. You're about to move a whole pack of NFL. The NFL has a, a stigma about them, about putting their hands on ladies. And you're about to move to a state where prostitution is free. 
a whole bunch like I don't know how what gambling is what gambling is is illegal where where it, where it is legal. I mean, I I never understood having a team a football team in Vegas. I would did a basketball team before all that. Not no damn football team. That shit not smart. I don't care what nobody say. It's gonna be some bad stories coming out of there, man. You can mark my word. It will be some bad stories coming out of there. The Raiders they they need Antonio Brown because they need to face uh, to fill them seats in Vegas. I think that face is Derek Carr. I think you just got to put the right pieces around him, and they'll be all right. What yes. AB doing? And, and, Gruden, and Gruden is Gruden is a he's kind of a snake because I vividly remember Gruden during some of his time when he was a broadcaster saying how much he actually liked Derek Carr. Now you got the kid, you're able to teach him all the little banana splits that you want to. Why two banana spiders? You can teach him all that shit, and now you saying you don't believe in him? Like, come on, that's some snake shit Gruden on too, by the way. And that experiment ain't gonna work, man. We might as well just go ahead and get the Raiders the hell up out of there. They, they, we ain't worried about them. They ain't gonna be no force. I doubt it. You know, I, I go on record right now and say they ain't gonna be shit. If they prove me wrong, it won't be my first time being wrong. But the Raiders ain't gonna be shit, man. It's just they, they just, they just a show for uh, HBO. That's all. I'm with you, man. And they, they, they gonna get them ratings with this next episode. That's a goddamn show. <laughs> for sure, man. Yeah, so, man. So recently, let's talk about the uh, top. 100 players. We're going to go ahead and get to the cream of the crop, which is the top 10. We ain't got a lot of time. So we're going to go ahead and jump straight to the top 10, man. NFL Top 100 TV show came out. And the top 10 players were in order, uh, starting at number 10. Von Miller, Denver Broncos, Julio Jones, Atlanta Falcons. Aaron Rodgers came in at number 8. Antonio Brown came in at number 7. Tom Brady at an all-time low came in at number 6 this year. Ty Gurley came in at number five. Patty Mahomes came in at number four. Khalil Mack at number three. Drew Brees at number two. And number one, very first time, Aaron Donald. Now tell me what the hell you think about this, man. This this probably going to sound crazy to some people, but I don't think Brady should have been top ten. Oh, my God. How in the hell is Brady not even top five? The fact Brady was number six, I said, this, this is crazy. This is crazy. Uh, look. I cannot uh, agree with you. Brady, Brady had one of his worst seasons ever last year, and 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 and, and, the, and the the Patriots actually changed their their playing style to back to when when they first won their first three championships, which was run the ball, defend, and things of that nature. Brady had an inter, inter, touchdown interception interception ratio last year that was was pretty bad last year. You know, they took the ball out of his hands and ran with Shorty Michelle and James White a lot, and basically was just. They shortened up the passes. It wasn't really going downfield. It's drag routes. They always do drag routes, though. We don't never see. The last time I used to see Brady bombing it was probably the Moss. They always use short intermediate routes. I mean, that's not anything new. Yeah, but when you start when you start protecting the ball too, you know what I'm saying. You gotta remember that Chiefs game was over if it wasn't for before. It was over if it wasn't for that bogus uh, uh, play or that uh, personal foul where he didn't even hit Brady in the helmet. He threw a pick. At the end of that game, and it was over. You know what I'm saying? You got to look at all that shit. You got to look at the Super Bowl. Brady didn't win that game. You know, the defense is a defensive struggle for both teams. You know what I'm saying? They During the season last year, nobody really picked the Patriots to get to the Super Bowl again. Everybody was writing them off. Like, oh, yeah, this, this team, yes, it's, it's done. They got the playoffs and they just snuck all the way through there and ran the ball and played good defense. That's how they got through there. It really wasn't Brady. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and – 
Yeah, if you go in the top ten and you look at the quarterbacks that's in the top ten, you got Breeze and Mahomes. You may be able to stick, sneak other quarterbacks in there from last yeah. year. They had a you got you got A Rod, you got uh, A A uh, AR twelve too. Can't forget Aaron Rodgers in the top ten. He's number eight. Aaron Rodgers. Now look, and I'm an Aaron Rodgers fan. I think Aaron Rodgers is probably the most the most talented quarterback we ever seen play the game of football. He didn't have a good year last year. He, he not stat wise he did because he only threw what two interceptions or something like that all year. Mm-hmm. Whatever he was out. Uh, the team was the team played bad. He missed a lot of games. You know what I'm saying? He was basically just a game manager. Got a coach fired. He got all. You know he did all that shit. Mm-hmm. Look at the quarterbacks that was in the league last year that, that had a comeback year that was good. Andrew Luck was better than Aaron Rodgers and better than Tom Brady last That's just facts. Phillip Rivers had a better year than both of those quarterbacks. That's just facts. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 and that's the thing, too. I, I don't mean to cut you off, but I argue every year that Phillip Rivers could be top 10. This motherfucker, Phillip Rivers, he – now, what people always want to argue with me about when it comes to Phillip, he loses in their mind. He don't He don't come through necessarily in the playoffs. But my thing is, when it comes to my, – this is my, my take on Phillip. When it comes to consistency, you got to put Phillip up there. And, and my thing is, I trust Phillip, too. Like I said, last year, like you said, Phillip had a hell of a year. You know, people can miss me with all that losing shit because it ain't always falling on the quarterback. It's a team effort. Sometimes his defense do silly ass shit. Sometimes it ain't it ain't always on him when they was in San Diego while they was losing. It ain't always on Phillip. Now he didn't he didn't have some bullshit ass games. He threw some picks, but let's just keep it real. It ain't always on Phillip. Just like we we, we got to be even about it because everybody the same guys be saying be telling me Phillip the loser used to bag up Stafford too. Now, you can't put it all on Stafford. You can't put it all on Phillip either. And that's just my take on Phil. Um, I feel like he could, he could always be an argument for a top ten, you know, especially the I last few years. I call him 4 o'clock Phil because he come on at 4 o'clock here. I <laughs> fuck with Phillip Rivers. I think he I think he one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I think he arguably had a better year than Breeze. Breeze had a be, uh, had a, a, stand, a stand back year too. I think number two should have went to Khalil Mack. Me too. I think that but I, 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 I agree with Donald. I think it's me, me too. I think it should have been Donald Mac Mahomes. That's what that's what the top three should have been. That in my in my opinion. But I'm still getting I'm still putting Drew, Drew Brees top five because that he had I feel like he had a monster year in my opinion. It might be a step back from I don't see what it was a step back from. I mean a guy performed great. They started off kind of slow and he, he turned that thing up. So Yeah. Yeah. Well I like I like what Khalil Mack did. He was you don't want to say dominant seasons. We want to say a dominant year. No, not of all time. That, that's where I think this list got fucked up at. You know what I'm saying? When they, they put Aaron Rodgers and Brady in there, it's, okay, these guys are great quarterbacks, and they still are good. But you want to go to the top 100 of this season, I don't. I didn't think that those two should have been up there. And see, uh, that's the thing, too, that we got to make sure that we know, because everybody doesn't know this. There's a lot of fans that's listening, that's going to listen to this, and they are – Can't hear you, Breeze. Yep, the players made. Yeah, the, the players did make this, so they got it from their peers. Yeah, I hear you now. Yeah, they got it from their peers. You know, so you're right. The, the players did make this. You know what I'm saying? So that's again. You know what I'm saying? I, you know, maybe I'm wrong because the, the players did vote this shit. So that is true. 
But with the players, you got to understand too, man. You got guys like Khalil Mack, Aaron Donald. Those they had a dominant year. Patrick Mahomes, dominant year. Um, Tyreek Hill, really, I don't even remember what number he got. I don't know if it was because of what happened in the offseason or whatever they did with Tyreek Hill. I don't know, but um, he had a very dominant season. Kelsey, that whole on that team had a dominant year. Gurley, I'm glad to see Gurley was in there. I thought Gurley did deserve to be in there the way he was. Uh, they represented him pretty good. Um, that that list, the list was pretty accurate. I will say that, but I just didn't agree with Brady and uh, Rodgers. If I could put uh, somebody into that list to take the place of Rodgers and Brady, it would probably have to be somebody like Saquon Barkley because of the year that he had as a rookie. You know what I'm saying? He had a very good year. He was very strong statistically. The kid kid ain't even fumble, man. Your job is to hold on to the rock. He 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 did his job, man. You got a guy that 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 guy definitely deserved to be a top ten in my opinion. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, you look at what he did. I thought Ezekiel Elliott should have been top ten. He led the league in rushing. You know what I'm saying? And added and added added a, a dynamic to his game that people didn't think he had, and that was pass catch. I think he had 77 balls. So if you put Gurley in the top ten, but you don't put Zeke in the top ten, that's an issue. That's crazy. I think that's that's ludicrous. Zeke was better than Gurley last year. Gurley fought at the end of the year. Zeke didn't. You know, they just team lost and they got to the Super Bowl, but CJ Anderson was the better back in the playoffs. That's just my that's my opinion. But Zeke Elliott led the league in rushing again and added seventy seven balls out, out there. So um I think Zeke and Saquon should have uh took Aaron Rodgers in Brady's spot in the top one hundred. Overall, I'm not too mad at the top 100. Um, I just disagree with the top three. I I like Aaron Rodgers and Tom still being in the top 10. But like you said, the I, I feel like it could be some substitutes and it wouldn't really piss me off. Um, and I don't I, I won't dare say that Tom is falling off. I'm just not dumb enough to say no shit like that. When he retired, he retired. And, and that's what it is. But if I learned my lesson over many years, stop saying that the Patriots and stop saying that Tom Brady is falling off. Everybody, because I'm tired of being wrong. Every time we say this man decreasing, he either in the Super Bowl or winning the Super Bowl. That's not decreasing. Yeah. <laughs> you still got to lead that team like it is what it is. So, but uh, that's all I got on my end for uh, football. You, you got some lessons you want to put on there for everybody? Um, uh, football, probably mark everything. I think we touched. Touch bases on everything. Um, top 100 was pretty smooth. Um, I'm just excited, man. I'm excited. You know, we got that first of the, uh, first of the party fantasy football uh, league popping off this year. We got uh, September 1st is the draft, 4 o'clock. Uh, I think we got, you know what I'm saying, 10, 10 team league right now. Uh, Buffalo Wild Wings, if y'all want to come up there, you know, join the festivities, y'all can. But we are uh, excited about this year. We're going to get it going. 4 o'clock p.m. at Buffalo Wild Wings on 4 Road. In Canton. It will be at the Canton, Michigan location, not the Dearborn location. Uh, we going to move to the Canton, Michigan location. It's just better uh, for the draft party setting that we're trying to do. We got 10 spots. Six of them are already filled. We have four spots available right now. 
So we seven, seven, seven field. We got three spots seven. available. So we only got three spots. All right. So we only got three spots available. If if the demand gets high, me and Al Fudge already said that we will move from a 10 to a 12 team, but we definitely are doing just a 10 man team right now. We are opening back up for two more spots if the demand is high. If you guys are serious, just remember the cash app my, is going directly to my cash app. It is a winner take all. So if you win it, the whole thing, you do take the entire pot. If we have uh, 10 teams, it's going to be $500. If we have 12 teams, $600 that you will be winning. It is a $50 entry fee. So if you're serious about it, you can hit Al Fudge up. You can hit me up. Texas, Facebook, Instagram, we everywhere. Twitter, and let us know, and we'll make it happen. That's for sure, man. But um, before we get out of here, man, we got to touch on some of this. What we touching on? What you think about the Joshua Ruiz? I got Joshua winning in a rematch. <clears throat> I got my, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let me. That's nothing. That's nothing. Let, let me be honest. I got Joshua winning by knockout. If he's serious <clears throat> about his legacy, if he's serious about really being on top, if he's serious about his legacy. You a real champion will come out and show that that bullshit was a fluke. I wasn't focused. Change the narrative. Ba. The only way that you get Deontay Wilder back on your plate, get get, get any type of Deontay Wilder hype again. You got to knock Ruiz the fuck out. I got Joshua knocking him out if he's serious about his legacy. If he's serious. Now, if you're not serious about his legacy, if you want to just be remembered as an average boxer, cool. But if you want to be great, if you want to be mentioned with the greats, you're going to go out there and you're going to knock Ruiz out at least by the seventh round. Shouldn't go 12. This is where I'm going to come at it. I think that Joshua needs the knockout. Not just any knockout. Joshua needs about a first or second round knockout. First and second round knockout shows you that it was a flu. Yep. That's what that's what that's how he has to win impressive to get John to get Wilder back into the talks. Everybody and and to for me, my selfish reasons want Joshua to knock him out and win it convincingly so we can get that super fight. So you can build the buzz back up to this fight. Honestly, I don't know if he got it. I think that this guy is fractured mentally. He's mentally fractured. I think that he can't take a punch. And I think that Ruiz exposing – you got to remember, this guy Ruiz came in off the street. Short notice, came in there, knocked this guy out. Not just knocked him out with a flash knocked out. This ain't a Buster Douglas Mike Tyson. I dropped you with one and you couldn't get up. You didn't see it coming. You dropped this man three times. Mm-hmm. Dropped this man three times. This guy, Joshua, is – at the pinnacle of his career. He's at the height. When you talk about, before this fight, we just talking about some of the best boxers in the world. You had Canelo Alvarez. You had him. You had Deontay Wilder. You know, this guy was up there as one of the greatest, one of the best in the, in the world at boxing. When it comes to that, you have to be able to carry a promotion, promotion tour on your back. You're supposed to go to all these places and promote the fight. This guy couldn't handle the pressure. That's what I've seen from him. You know what I'm saying? This guy was promoting it basically by himself on his own. Well, the meat meal and all this shit. He couldn't handle the pressure. When you got in the ring with a guy that was basically just thrown to the wolves, you got dropped three times and you lost. You looked very unprepared. You know what I'm saying? 
And everybody's been talking about this guy being just a body guy, looking a certain way, and really don't have it. Dog got exposed by Ruiz. And I think that this could be the beginning of the end for the UK boxing scene in the heavyweight division. You also just had Dylan White just test positive for the PEDs, and they still let him fight over there. Nah, it ain't over, man. They got some definitely, they definitely got some big hitters over there. They got a young boy over there in the UK named Daniel Dubois, knockout mm-hmm. artist. Daniel Dubois, if he come over here to the United States, man, he he definitely gonna put somebody on their ass, and that's just how I feel. Uh, I disagree with you when it comes to the round. I just need him to get a. I feel like if you knock out Andy Ruiz in the seventh round, that's just as good as you knocking him out in the second. If you go to hole twelve and you knock him out, I'm not gonna believe it because I'm gonna feel like you. He was tired again. Yeah, he probably just ain't have it. But my thing is, Joshua, I do think he gonna come back with a knockout. I don't think he's just a body guy. I think that that guy got something to show. I don't think that he's mentally fractured. My thing is, every champion has an off night, but it's about how do you bounce back that makes you a true champion. The only champion that we've never seen lose is Floyd. So that means that everybody's favorite boxer have lost. Everybody's favorite boxer has came back and had to make a statement, had to be, get that statement win, had to have a rivalry. Now, like I said, I do. I believe in old school boxing. I think Joshua will come back. I, he will knock out Ruiz, and we finally will get the the, the fight. But I will ha- I am gonna have to go public right now and switch my pick. If he ever fight against Wilder, I do not have him beating Wilder no more. He will get his ass dropped. But if we get there, if we get there, I had AJ beating Wilder because he can box. Wilder just is a wild man with a guy with a right arm from God. He will knock out Ruiz this December. He will knock him out by the seventh round. Would you, would you, you know, be getting close to the uh, Errol Spence, Sean Porter fight, and there's a lot of people jumping on the Porter bandwagon saying that his style is the style to beat uh, Spence. What you think about that? Spence going to knock him out in the fifth round. <laughs> I look at Porter as a dead man. I think Porter's a dead man coming to this fight. We also see uh, Tyson Fury fighting another bomb, another, another no-name guy. But we could – it's something we, we, we expected. You know, when you fight for top rank, you know what I'm saying, that's the bullshit that you go through. Man. Top rank, oh, top man. rank, don't have no fighters over there, and that's why Bud is toiling over there. Same shit right here. What you think about this shit? Man, I'm tired of him fighting bums. And I I promise you, if Javante Davis fight one more fucking no-name bum, I'm going to lose it. I, I don't care if you're knocking out bums, Tank. I don't care. Fight somebody to to submit your legacy. You are here showing out on bums. Like, come on, man. Like, that's like me having one-on-one against a 60-year-old grandma. Of course, I'm going to show out on her ass. Like, that's nothing. You are here fighting bums, Tank. And it's starting really getting hard for me to respect his name. I'm taking it there. I I, I don't want to hear nothing about nothing. I, I want to see competition when it comes to boxing. Everybody knows me. I simply hate boxing politics. I, I hate it. it. It destroys everything that we know and we believe in when it comes to competition. Tank, you're not fighting nobody. Stay off of Twitter. Stop hanging out with AB. Get in the gym. Get serious. Fight somebody that can give you a challenge, that can bring you more money. I agree. Fury, right now talking same talking shit. Fury, the same they're shit. About, they're talking about uh, Farmer for uh, for Tank next. Uh, that's a unification ball. That would be a good fight. That would be a great okay. fight. They got beef, you know, so it'll say okay for you. That's why they're trying to get them on pay per view. So if that's the next fight, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be mad about it. 
Uh, I would love to see him against Leo Santa Cruz, Mares, uh, Gary Russell Jr. There's fights to be made at that weight class. Come on, I man. Think I think that pay per view bout, the best bout, uh, would probably be Tank and, and Gary Russell. You know what I'm saying? Because I think Gary Russell is, is, is as good as it comes when it comes to that weight class. He got but, the fastest um, hands in boxing. I'm telling you right now. I've been saying it for like, like three years now. He does have the fast hands in boxing. I'm going to have to disagree with you, though. The biggest pay-per-view is either going to be Tank and Lomachenko or Tank and Leo Santa Cruz. First of all, Leo Santa Cruz posed a real threat to Tank. He long. He can keep Tank at a distance so Tank can't show off that power. And he can actually box. And he can give out damage and take it. Leo Santa Cruz is a warrior. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if he beat Tank. Now, I am going to be honest. If, if Tank fight him, yeah, I got Tank winning. But I'm telling you right now, it wouldn't surprise me if Leo walked out of there as the, as the, as the winner when it, when it come to him and Tank. Like I said, Tank, yeah. and, and like you said, the talent and the competition is there for Tank. Put that man in the ring and let's see if this Baltimore kid is really good. I'm a Tank fan. I'm behind Tank. I want him to be the best in that weight division, period. That's exactly what I want. But I'm not going to sit here and act like the, the competition that you're going against is okay. No, I mean, that is bullshit. And, and we tired of it. We tired. The last bout, they, they, uh, I was out. And uh, I, either you or one of my other homeboys texted me, like, uh, text me the link. And I watched the link and I seen them knock him out. I didn't even get excited. I'm like, okay. We knew that was going to happen. You know what I'm saying? Like, we already, we get it. We get it. Fight somebody with a credit, name. To his credit, though, the kid is only 24 years old. And, and they're, taking a, they're taking a cautious, Floyd's taking a cautious approach uh, with with uh, with Tank. He's doing something that Oscar De La Hoya failed to do with Canelo. You also see Canelo, and that's, I'm going to talk about that next. But when De La Hoya threw Canelo to Floyd for the payday, that was a mistake. Think about this. Yes, he had Floyd under his, uh, on his resume, which was a shutout loss, but if you didn't have Floyd on your resume, Canelo would look like, oh, he's going to be an all-time great because he would be undefeated. He would be undefeated. He's still – he, bro, he's still going to be an all-time great. When you lose to the greatest boxer – An all-time great. I'm not saying he won't be all-time great. But I'm just saying, when you have an unblip, when you have that zero on your record, you really had to beat Canelo. We've never seen Canelo lose. If you don't have, if you don't have Floyd on your resume – you don't you don't have that ill. That means you he looks invincible. Look at Floyd Mayweather. Well, he's Floyd Mayweather that. looks like he's invincible. Like you, you've never seen a game plan to beat Floyd. My thing if you is Canelo. My, my, my thing is this. He it Canelo still looks invincible to me. I don't tell you why. You lost to the you lost to one of the most precise boxers of all time. One of the one of the most stat heaviest boxers of all time. He broke records on accuracy in a boxing ring, like a, a grown man. Consistently hitting you like that. That's ridiculous. Floyd is one of the greatest, if not the greatest boxer in boxing history. Losing to him doesn't make you look any it doesn't make you look bad at all. Canelo held his own to the best of his ability. There's no one else that can do that to Canelo. The closest person that could have did that to Canelo at that time was Triple G. Mm-hmm. Whether and, and it was and yes, it was debatable, but at the end of the day, it will go down to history as he has two and over versus triple G. He is 2-0 versus Triple G. So my biggest thing is this. Canelo still looks invincible, in my opinion. I still I still pick Canelo to win 99% of the fights when he lines up against people. I've been betting on Canelo for a while, and I haven't lost a bet yet with Canelo after the Floyd. I, mean, I would never bet against Floyd, but 
I don't think that 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 one loss that he had, and my thing is this: the one loss doesn't look bad at all when it, when you look about who the one loss came to. Joshua, yeah, look at Joshua's one loss. Yeah. His two, your one loss came to a guy we never heard of. That's that's yeah. different. You know what I'm saying? I agree. Well, what I'm saying with Tank is Tank may be too young to get in there with a Lomachenko. Tank may be too young to get in there with a Gary Russell right now. He hasn't seen the shit that they've seen. Gary Russell and Lomachenko are both over the age of 30. Right. They need they need Lomachenko. They need Tank more than Tank needs now. Tank can still keep going over this round and gaining that status and gaining that gaining that knockout. He's a knockout king. He's baby Tyson. But what I will say is this. He may not need Lomachenko or Gary Russell, but he definitely needs Ted Farmer. He definitely needs a Leo Santa Cruz, and he definitely needs an Abner Morris on his resume to keep us going. Yeah, now Tank is going into a different uh, stratosphere. He's going into pay-per-view. He's going into one of those names that, okay, this guy is here. You know what I'm saying? Right now, Tank is pushing the envelope. Uh, you got Canelo. You got Wilder. You got Joshua. You got uh, you got uh, Spence. Um, still got Pacquiao. You got Bud Crawford. And when you go now, Lomachenko hasn't, hasn't been on pay-per-view yet. He hasn't been on pay-per-view. I don't know if he can get to pay-per-view without a major fight. I don't think he can get there. I think that take next fight is definitely pay-per-view. It's because his style of fighting. Now, Lomachenko's the better boxer or whatever, but, but but when you get Tank that's knocking guys out, that is pay-per-view or whatever. And I think that you're going to need Tevin Farmer. You're going to need that 24-7. And I think that's going to be enough to get down pay-per-view because these guys generally don't like each other. And I think that after after Tank beats Farmer, if Tank go out there and knock Farmer out, sky's the limit for this kid now. Sky is the limit. He's fighting at, what, 130 right now? So then the next fight, you can definitely throw him in there with a second cruise, and that's going to be another pay-per-view uh, mega mega fight. But by that time, he's, he'll be about 25, 26 years old. If I was Floyd, my next three fights would be in this order. Farmer, Mares, Santa Cruz. I, You know, I, if I'm him, I don't need Gary Russell. I don't need Lomo Chico. Those guys are not pay-per-view. And this is just the politics we talk. You know what I'm saying? Because the best part of all of them is Lomo Chico. And, and that's the big fight. That's pay-per-view or whatever. We got to understand that me as PBC and Mayweather Promotions, I got Abner Mars here. I got uh, directly to uh, Tevin Farmer. And I got Leo Santa Cruz here. You know what I'm saying? You can have those those four guys rotate with each other and you can keep making money off pay-per-view. Al Heyman, just be smart. Put this shit together. You got, you got Spence and Porter coming up on pay-per-view. You got Wilder and Ortiz coming up too on, on pay per view. After those two, put Tank and Farm on. You know, so you can give us Mares and uh, Santa Cruz too or whatever, but just keep spreading it out. And then come 2020 or 2021, then you can test those waters of Gary Russell and Lomachenko. You can test those waters, you know what I'm saying? But right now, it don't make no sense for you to take your belts over here to top rank. Or whatever. Gary Russell's fighting under PBC too. So PBC, you can put Russell, you know what I'm saying? If you want to do a pay-per-view and this is what you want, you want to get Gary Russell, I mean, you want to get Tank and, and, Far and Farmer, put Santa Cruz or put Mares and Gary Russell on there. And the winner out of that fight, get Tank, you know what I'm saying? Or Santa Cruz and Gary Russell. Whatever you, whatever you, you know what I'm saying, you can to build that fight. 
build it. You know what I'm saying? I think they got all the keys to the boxing game right now. Uh, I'm excited to see Tank's future. I think he got a really, a really bright future. And I think Floyd understands the risk isn't bigger than the reward when it comes to fighting the guys like um, uh, Gary Russell and fighting Lomachenko right now. And, and this is where the politics do, do come into play. And then this point right here, I think I agree with the politics of what Mayweather is doing. You know, you can, you know, they're still those are still big fights. And I think, and Tank will still be getting tested. And then, you, you know, you'll get to that point to where Floyd was, when Floyd, where everybody fought, Floyd, Floyd fought, was a big fight. You know what I'm saying? People want to talk about Floyd's resume, but after he got, he, he beat De La Hoya, everybody after that was a big fight. And those people had a resume. He didn't fight no duds after that. He went over, he got Ricky Head, who was undefeated over in the UK. He got him out of there. Shane Mosley, you know what I'm saying? He got him. You know what I'm saying? He fought Cotto. He fought all these guys. The young Canelo, when people, you know what I'm saying, were saying that was a risk. He got him out of there. People was on the Ortiz bandwagon. That fight ended in some controversy, but got him out of there. You know what I'm saying? So Floyd knows the ins and outs of the boxing game. He knows what he got to do. And I think that with, um, with Tank, I think the smart thing to do is to keep playing this, playing it all the way through. You know what I'm saying? Keep playing it all the way through. What you think about my man Broner, though? What you think, uh, Broner? What you think about what Broner was talking about when he's talking about uh, retiring or some shit? Talking about going to the streets and selling and selling some dope. Like this dude, Broner. You know what I'm saying? Got a problem, dog. Broner be on some other shit. And I think he got to get focused. He got to go away. And I think he got to go out there and make some shit happen on his own. I think he got to get back to the basics and um, and um, basically um, retool his game and get back to what got him there, get that hunger back. You know what I'm saying? So um, I think uh, Broner got to, you know what I'm saying? Like I, said, like I just said, go that route. Or he might just need to go ahead and sell them drugs. You know what I'm saying? Because Bronner been on some bullshit. Um, other than that, in boxing, like I said, we got the Ortiz Water too. We got um, uh, that coming up on pay per view. That's a big fight. That fight was a was a banger. Uh, that fight was crazy. Uh, the first fight. So um, with Ortiz Water, I think Water taking a big risk. Of running it back with the guys that he was fighting, I think Wilder could lose to Ortiz because Ortiz had him on the ropes. Ortiz had him fucked up. I think uh, Wilder can go out there and uh, if he go out there and um, and win, that's big. That's big for Wilder. You know what I'm saying? Because he really don't have no fights yet either. Uh, I heard that he signed to fight Fury next after. Uh, Ortiz, I think he should wait and see what happened with Ruiz. You know what I'm saying? Because you could you could unify the titles and it could be all up under the PBC brand. So um Wilder got some shit, he got some leverage, man, in the heavyweight division. A lot of people was doubting him saying he wasn't a good boxer and he wasn't shit really. Now he hold the keys to that division. You know what I'm saying? He's the seller. He's the seller, not not Fury. Not Joshua no more. He either moved all the way up to number one. So um, I'm excited to see what, what Joshua Wilder do there. Um, Canelo. We'll talk about this Canelo and Golden Boy issue. Um, Golden Boy basically um, 
Canelo had a mandatory or whatever against Sergey uh, Drevinchenko, uh, who was a tough fighter, tough fighter. Uh, went to war with Danny Jacobs and been undefeated ever since, uh, knocking knocking guys out. He was a Triple G mandatory, and Triple G, I wouldn't say dodged him because he, he, he didn't fight him to fight Canelo him two times. So um, a lot of people thought that he was dodging Drevinchenko. Now Canelo had a mandatory against Drevinchenko, and Golden Boy basically – didn't do it. You know, they didn't take it. You know, they kept trying to uh, delay the process and it didn't go through. So now they stripped Canelo of the title or whatever. And Canelo's pissed. Canelo wanted Drevinchenko. De La Hoya didn't make it, make it happen. This is, Canelo is entering the part to where he doesn't need Golden Boy. He don't need Golden Boy. Canelo is at a point in his career to where he is, he can have a Canelo promotions, Canelo Alvarez promotions. Um, would I leave? Um, would I leave the zone? No, I don't know if I could work out a deal with uh, the zone to where I could stay there and keep my fights there because he got a hell of a deal with them. And I think that might be tied with Golden Boy. But um, if it's not the zone, you know what I'm saying? Because with the zone, you got Triple G, you got Boo Boo and Dry. Those are two big fights that I think could be pay-per-view or, you know, on the zone or whatever. All them fights on the zone is on the zone. But those are big fights. But you got to look at over there at uh, PBC. You got the Charlo boys. Uh, got Jacobs again, if you want. Well, Jacobs went to the zone. But um, you got uh, J-Rock, Williams, Julian Williams. You got uh, Swift. You know what I'm saying? You got Tony Harrison. You got some fights over there at PBC. You know what I'm saying? They might not be on Boo Boo and Triple G's. Uh, I think the Charlos may, you know, Charlo, the one Charlo may be on that level to where he could challenge uh, Canelo. I think it would be a big fight. I think it would be pay-per-view. I think he can make some big money off that fight. I think J-Rock is a good fighter. I think Swift is a good fighter. I think those guys could uh, give Triple G a good, I mean, uh, Canelo a good fight. I think the fights with Kovalev could still happen. Because I think Al Heyman would make make some good business with uh, Duba, uh, Kathy Duba, or whatever. But um, um, I think Canelo don't need don't need uh, Delaware. I think Canelo can go out there and um, make a name for himself, and go out there and put boxing on, put his own stamp on boxing. You know what I'm saying? I think that's that's the best way to go. I would not sign with uh, um, top rank. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're going to keep you in that limelight as the best or whatever because you're not going to fight nobody. You're not going to be challenged. But you got to watch them. You know what I'm saying? They do little shit like they did to Pacquiao with, with Horn and Bradley. They built Horn up to be a contender, a, a, a credible name. They built Bradley up to be that credible name as well by the, with the expense of Pacquiao. They got to fight with uh, Bud, Bud Crawford out of uh, with, your, with Jeff Horn, you know what I'm saying, off of Pacquiao. You know what I'm saying? So, um, Marquez with Bradley. You know, they got those fights out of there. But, um, Canelo's in the, in the pickle right now, and I hope Canelo make the right decision for himself and um, and uh, make some shit happen. Uh, got some other news on the rundown. You know, we go get up out of here. Um, I don't know what happened to Breeze. Then Breeze got disconnected. But uh, we got uh, the WNBA and the NBA 2K this year. Big news, big shit. Yeah, 2K took a page out of live last year and added the girls, the women, to 2K. 
big news, big news. I'm happy about that. I'm very excited. Hopefully they can use a creation tool and put them at the park. We got a lot of women that play 2K. I know my girl played 2K, and she played a park a lot. I think it would be dope to get some women out there. And I think it's good for the for the, for the women, the up-and-coming women that want to play uh, 2K and want to play basketball. You know, so many women come up and they, they, they favorite player, you know, when they shoot something to the basket, they say Kobe. Now they can say Candace. They can say Sue Bird. They can say Diana Taurasi. Maya Moore, you know what I'm saying? Asia Wilson. They can go out there and put those girls on the line and on the front page. And I think this, this is dope. I think they should, what they should do is they should have a, a franchise mode with these girls. They should also have uh, uh, the part and all that shit. Go all out with it and put them girls out there. So um, um, I'm excited about that. Um, the Pistons went out there and got Michael Beasley. <laughs> uh, uh, that, that, that's crazy. Uh, good death move. It's not a guaranteed contract. You got to make the roster. Uh, he just got in trouble with some marijuana, so a lot of people thought he was going to China to play. Looked like he was about to go over to China to play. Uh, Arntel and uh, Estefanski went out there, and they brought him in. Uh, he could be good death. You know what I'm saying? Always been a 6'9", lefty that can score the ball, rebound the basketball. You get some injuries going down in the season. This guy can come off the bench, out, and we know he can score and rebound. He can come out there and get you some buckets. We'll see what he do. And he played for the Lakers. And um, he's always been a solid player, always been solid in his career. Hopefully Michael Beasley can get his career back on track, and hopefully Detroit, Detroit is the best spot to do it. Um, any other news uh, as far as the basketball? Um, a lot of guys pulling out of Team USA. It's a bit of a concern. And, um, but just giving these young guys the opportunity to work in their games and play at a different level and to get – get the NBA and the, and the basketball world opportunity to um, get their eyes on guys like De'Aaron Fox and Marvin Bagley's and things of that nature. So I'm very excited about that and uh, see what these boys do in the FIBAs this year. Um, Dane Dollar released another album uh, this year. I mean, this week. It's fire. You know what I'm saying? Dane can spit. You know what I'm saying? Dane doing his thing. I'm going to uh, have to go in there Give it another listen to see how it is. But from the first, from the first listen, it was better than the last one. So, dang, good shit, man. I like it. Um, I'm have to catch up with Breeze, see how he feel about that shit. But dang, dollar out there spitting that shit again. Um, other than that, we got that first to the party, um, first to the party fantasy football draft coming up September first, four o'clock, Buffalo Wild Wings. Uh, $50 injuries have three spots available left or whatever. If you think you're a fantasy football GM or a guru, it's a 10 man, it's a 10 team, uh, 10 player, 10 team PPR league. Get your ass up there, man. Get in there, man. Let me see what you got. See if y'all are good GMs or not. See what y'all doing out here. See if I know what y'all really talking about. But, um, this is our first one with the first of the uh, party brand. It's our third one we did with, you know, with our family, but we expanded. Breeze, we got his people in there. I got some of my people in there. About to bang it out. September 1st, 4 o'clock, Buffalo Wild Wings. Bring your tablet, your laptop, your phone. You got If you old school like Breeze ass and you got your notebook and your, and your pen and paper, bring that shit too. We're going to tell you, I'm tearing, that, I'm tearing everybody's ass up. I ain't playing. I ain't holding no, hold no punches this year. I went all the way last year. My technicality, I won it. This year, I'm trying to blow all these motherfuckers out. But... This is episode eight, man. We got something special for y'all, episode 10. 
You got to get it more frequent. I think we're going to try to try to push out like two a week or something like that. But we got to get a, a set schedule. But this your boy All Fudge and my for my man Breeze. Yo, man, first of the party.